Welcome to Beecher Island Church. It is a pleasure and a privilege to get to come here and worship our God and fellowship with each other. And today is a good day because it's the day the Lord has made. He's made it for us. Made it for us so that we can, we can enjoy His creation. But more than that, fellowship together. And uh, man, I love your smiling faces and it is good. Uh, if you're new with us, Beecher Island is an is a independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. I say it every Sunday because I, I stand in it. I truly believe it. I, I hope that the people of this church believe it uh, um, because we stand on His Word and His Word alone. And, and all teaching comes from His Word and His truth. And uh, I tell the church all the time that if I'm wrong, let me know about it after the sermon. It is good. So welcome to Beecher Island. I'm, I'm excited uh, um, about where we're headed. Because uh, you know, we're headed into the Christmas season. And uh, you know, I'm reminded that there is and there can be a lot of hurts around the holidays, around the holiday season. There are those that struggle to be around certain people. And there are those who struggle because they can't be around certain. Uh, this time of year can bring great joy, but it can also bring hurts and bitterness. But as I thought through the account of Jesus being born right here on this earth, and, and the journey that many took in this account, I really thought about where my heart and my attitude is while I celebrate the Lord and Savior being born. I think that one of the greatest things God gave us is free choice. It is the free will to do what we want to do. He doesn't want robots loving. And so He gave us free choice. But the people in this account, they could have chose to go on living the life they were living, or they could choose to do the will of the Father. You know, it's pretty awesome to get to watch what took place, get to read about it, get to let it come alive as we can read through the birth of Jesus. But you know, uh, we do get the choice. We get the choice of what thoughts we allow to be in our mind. We get the choice of how we react. We get the choice to do our will or the Father's will. We get the choice to be negative or we get the choice to rejoice. And that's where I'm going to head over the next several weeks here is maybe thinking about making the choice to rejoice. Well, what do I mean in all that? You see, there are plenty of reasons to celebrate God. But how? Specifically, do you rejoice? That's my question. When you think about the act of rejoicing, though, you probably think about maybe jumping and dancing around and being overexcited, but that's not what we're talking about here with rejoicing. 
You see, from a biblical standpoint, what does it mean when Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, rejoice always? Rejoice always. You see, the term rejoice was commonly used among early Christians. It was a call of, of joy, and it was often used as a greeting. Jesus, many times when He walked into a room, He called them to be of joy. Instead of saying hello, He said joy. I was going to try that this morning, but I figured you'd all look at me funny when I just said joy. <laughs> we'll try it next week. We'll see how Joy is more than just happiness, though. It's more than just happiness. Jesus wasn't calling people to dance and laugh and have fun. He was asking them to choose joy instead of hopelessness. Jesus encouraged His disciples to take heart and have, and have peace because He had already overcome the world. Rejoicing does not always look like happiness. You see, you can be hurting and still choose to delight in the Lord. You can choose to see the bigger picture and be grateful for what God has done. And in so doing, you see the big picture. You see the big picture of your life. Put simply, rejoicing is a choice. It's an absolute choice. As Christians, we are called to joy. Not to hopelessness or negativity. We should focus on what God has done for us instead of dwelling on our current suffering and pain. The negativity of what's going on in our life, in the world, or whatever it may be. We're called to share that joy and hope with others right in the middle of our trials and tribulations. Let's face it, though, as followers of Jesus, we are attacked in several ways. We are attacked in every way you can think of, but, but they all boil down to this. Spiritually, emotionally, and physically. So as we go through the next couple of weeks, we're going to focus on, on making the choice to rejoice. Spiritually, emotionally, and physically. As we look at the story of Jesus, or the account, let me correct that, the account of Jesus being born. And so if you will, turn with me to Matthew 2. <coughs> Matthew chapter 2. While you're finding that, I'm going to go to him in prayer. Father, you are so good. You are so good, and we thank you for all that you do in our life. Lord, help us even in our hurts and our trials and our negativity, that, that we find the ability to choose to rejoice. God, give us that strength. Give us the power to do that. Give us, give us the ability. Because it's in you and through you that we can do that. God, I thank you for each and every person here this morning. And I just thank you, thank you, that we have the account of your son coming to this earth, being born and showing us how to live, and dying for us, going to the cross. God, don't let, us just, don't, don't let this holiday season, this Christmas season, be just about the birth, but be about you, Jesus, and all that you have done. 
all that you have done. Going to the cross, dying for us. But raising from the grave. And going and preparing a place for us. And I just thank you for that. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12 is where we're going to be. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes, of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me, that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures and presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, then, being divinely warned in a dream they should not, that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Amen, amen. Now, I know that the nativity, a little sidetrack here, but I know that the nativity says that there was three wise men. But we don't read about the number of wise men in any of Scripture. There could have been 70. There could have been 700. There could have been one. There was more than one. Maybe there was three. But these wise men... We're definitely there to celebrate the birth of Jesus. You know what? All that really matters in this is that um, is that we look at who they were, because when we take a look at these wise men and who they were, it, it puzzles me just a little bit. You see, these wise men were Gentiles. The, these wise men were, were Gentiles, and they and they were coming after the King of the Jews. Why were Gentiles in that time coming after the king of the Jews? How does that make any sense? Except maybe they knew that he was coming for the world. Not just the Jews. I want you to think about this for a minute. These wise men, they had to be informed somehow though of Jesus being born. But we don't have any, any biblical scripture of how they were informed. 
We don't know. We just know that they, they went. They followed a star. And they, and they wanted to go see the king of the Jews. When I start thinking about this, was not every other, every other person in the account of Jesus being born given insight from an angel? Every one of them got to hear, do not be afraid, <laughs> because the angel was there to tell them good news. Now, was it an angel that told the wise men? I don't know. But what I do know is that I believe in my heart that there had to be some kind of divine interaction. They said, hey, wise men, something cool is going to happen. <laughs> you should maybe follow this big star in the sky. But there was a divine interaction that got them out of their recliner and got them to go on a journey. A long journey. Some say maybe 900 miles. We don't know where they came from, but we know that they saw the star in the east and headed out. Some say that maybe it was Babylon that they came from, which in today's, on today's map would be Baghdad of Iraq. So about a 900-mile journey to Bethlehem. A 900-mile journey for a Gentile to go and see the king of the Jews because he had been born. They had a journey. I'll tell you, I think it's a spiritual journey that they were going on. They were told somehow by divine interaction and they wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to go. They wanted to see the king of the Jews. My point here is that they did something. When they had this divine interaction, they followed the calling. And if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've had a divine interaction. Calling to follow. A calling to get up out of your recliner and do something about it. A calling to rise above the weight of this world and rejoice. Rejoice because you have a Savior. I'm going to take a side note here. That popping, we are trying to work on, it's driving us crazy. It's not our sound guy, I'll tell you that though, that there's some static in one of our lines and stick with us. If you're sleeping, let it wake you, okay? <laughs> but if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've had that divine interaction. Are you making that choice to rejoice? Because you have him. You see, Colossians 3, 1 and 2 says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. In this holiday season, we can sure get about earthly things. In this holiday season, we can think about all the stuff and the reasons why maybe we're not rejoicing. But if we put our minds on things above, 
We have so much to rejoice for. So much joy to have in our hearts. You see, these wise men, I think, did just that. They had a joy surrounding them and in them, I think, that they had never experienced before, and they wanted to go see why. That's just my opinion, but I, I can't imagine what they had going through their minds as they're on this journey following a big old star that's in the sky to go see the king of the Jews. You see, but when they get to Jerusalem, they ask a question. And for the first time in my life, I've read it a different way. You see, when they get there, they say, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? And they tell him, we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. The problem was, none of the Jews knew what he was talking about. They were troubled. It says King Herod was troubled and all the Jews were troubled with him. They didn't know. I don't know if they didn't see the star, uh, they did, but they didn't know. And so King Herod pulled everybody together to say, what's going on? Where is he supposed to be born? They didn't have a clue. But yet these Gentiles, wise men, are following a star to come see the king of the Jews. They had journeyed all this way in faith that they were going to get to see Jesus. But then what was meant for evil, God used for His good. God used for His good and He told, and King Herod told these wise men to go on to Bethlehem. Go on, you'll find the child there. And so again, in faith, they head out once again. And God shone His star for them to follow. And it says in verse 10, When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. They rejoiced. Now many people have their thought on what was actually in the sky. If you've watched the documentary Bethlehem Star, I think what it's called, it, you'll have to watch it six times to understand what he's saying because he's so in-depth on the study of the stars and my mind was blown. He may prove that there was three stars that aligned together. It would have been the brightest star we've ever seen on this earth over the top of Bethlehem. Maybe it's a star but also the, wasn't the light of the world just born? Maybe the light of the world was shining above Bethlehem. And they rejoiced when they saw it. Rejoiced greatly when they saw the light. You see, my question is, when you see the light of the world, do you rejoice with exceedingly great joy? When you see Jesus, do you rejoice with exceedingly great joy? 
And you don't have to look very far to see Jesus. Not very far at all. You all know that we are in a spiritual battle. Battling to keep our eyes on Jesus. Battling the flesh. Battling to deny the flesh and pick up our cross and follow Jesus. Every one of us is battling. And every one of us falls short of the glory of God. But it doesn't mean we stop battling. When we pick up our cross and follow Him, we can find joy. We can find joy The exact joy that we're talking about. Rejoicing with exceedingly great joy. And again, please don't get me wrong here. We're not talking about dancing around and laughing. We're talking about having a hope in a hopeless world. It's being comforted. It's being content and full of peace. It's an enduring attitude of the heart and spirit. It's knowing that whatever struggles you're going through, Jesus is with you. No matter what, no matter how far the journey takes you, Jesus is with you. Church, you do not have to look very far to see Jesus and rejoice. A song that I've read, I know at least once before to to this church, I, I want to read again this morning because I want you to, to think about how easy it is to see Jesus. The song is this. Have you ever stood at the ocean with the white foam at your, with the white foam at your feet? Felt the endless thundering motion? Then I say, you've seen Jesus, my Lord. Have you ever stood at the sunset with the sky mellowing red, seen the clouds suspended like feathers? Then I say, you've seen Jesus, my Lord. Have you ever stood at the cross with the man hanging in pain, seen the look of love in his eyes? Then I say, you've seen Jesus, my Lord. Have you ever stood in the family with the Lord there in your midst, seen the face of Christ in your brother, then I say you've seen Jesus my Lord. The chorus says this, have you seen Jesus my Lord? He's here in plain view. Take a look. Open your eyes. He'll show it to you. He is the reason for us to rejoice. This world will try to tear you down. This world will try to get you to to look at all the negative. But Jesus says, I've overcome it all. Look to me and rejoice. Look to me and rejoice. Today, make the choice to rejoice because you have Jesus. You have Jesus to help you fight your battles. You have Jesus to encourage you when you need the extra push. You have Jesus to tell you everything's going to be okay. Because He's overcome the world. You have Jesus to talk to you as a friend, as your advocate, as your creator and your savior. 
Today, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, make the choice to rejoice. I'm going to invite the praise team to come on up. But I want to tell you this. If you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you may not understand this joy I'm talking about. And so if you have not confessed Him as Lord, today is the day. Today is the day to speak with your mouth that Jesus is the Christ. And believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. And it says in His Word that you will be saved. In the book of John, it tells us over and over and over again, Jesus tells us that if we believe, we have life. If you have not accepted Jesus, I want you to know that today is the day. Don't let another day go by that that He's not your Savior. Let me just say, though, that if He is your Savior, we get to rejoice because of everything He's done for us. And there is no fear in Him. No fear at all. There is nothing on this earth that He can't take care of. And the promise that He gives us is life with Him for all eternity. And there's nothing on this earth that can take that away from us. So rejoice. Because you have a Savior. A Savior that is stronger than anything that you're dealing with. And you can turn to Him for it all. And I want to encourage you to do that spiritually. Turn to Him. Turn to Him with everything you have. And rejoice. Because He's got you. Father God, I thank You so much. I thank You so much that You are our Savior. That You are the light of the world. And that You came to this earth in a virgin birth. Born in the flesh, 100% man, 100% God. And just that event, that account, there is so much going on. And as we read about these wise men that, that, that somehow were told that they needed to follow that star. To follow the light of the world and come and see You, Jesus. Thank You for this account. And I pray that we follow your light. That we don't let anything stop us from following your light. And when we see it, we rejoice with exceedingly great joy. Father, thank you for sending your Son to save us. Thank you for loving us that much. Thank you, Father. And I pray this morning that if anybody is struggling, if anybody's having some major trials or tribulations in their life right now, Lord, that they just put their eyes upon You and they rejoice because they know that You are with them. God, thank You for that. And I just pray that if anybody's coming to You today for the first time, that they come and talk with me, Father. Give them that courage. 
Give him that strength to come and talk to you. Father, thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.